Welcome to Volcano Watch. This is a weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the week. I'm one of your hosts, Corinne Jorgensen. And I'm your other host, Alessandro Muso. We are PhD students at the University of Geneva. We study volcanoes and we're here to give you all the hot volcano news. First, the weekly volcano news, and then the focus of the week. It's November 22nd at the time of recording, and this is your quick update. Okay, so let's start with what the heck is happening at Hecla. Huh, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> it is, Alessandro, I'm jet lagged, everything's funny. Okay, anyway, so last week there was a strong 5.3 magnitude earthquake um, and tremors uh, that have been continuing under Hecla early this week or early last week. Hecla is one of Iceland's mo- more dangerous volcanoes, and it doesn't always give a lot of warning when she blows, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Keeping in Iceland, at Fagradasfjall, uh, the eruption has been over since mid-September, but new INSAR data, which show the ground deformation, show actually inflection since the end of September, which is thought to be uh, from a renewed magma injection. Okay, Italy and its constant competition with the rest of the world, has uh, had to make some noise this week too. Etna had a few little um, ash puffs, mostly from Boca Nuova. And also at Volcano, the seismic activity has increased again, and it's it's thought that a, an eruption is, is quite imminent. Uh, there's been really high concentrations of gas found in popular areas of the, the island, um, where there are natural hot mud pools. The levels of, of gases such as H2S are so high that staying in this region overnight is hazardous to one's health, so about 250 people have been evacuated. The alert level has been now raised to orange. At La Palma, we saw an overall increase in the activity in the past week, which is sad since uh, last week we were hopeful we were seeing the beginning of the hand, but that seems to not be the case. The eruptive activity, seismic activity and seismic tremors have all increased this week, and sadly uh, there was a new surface flow which destroyed yet again more properties and lands, and this flow has now reached the sea, creating a third lava delta. The lava and salt water interaction has been a cause for concern uh, this week. There are reports of high concentration of dangerous gases like HCl, which are being released at where the lava and the sea meet. There are reports of high concentration of dangerous gases like HCl, which are being released at where the lava and the sea meet, which has also caused uh, there to be a curfew imposed to some coastal neighbors. At Piton de la Fernice, uh, in La Réunion, France, there has been a new seismic crisis which started on November 18th at 10 p.m. local time. Uh, there was 42 volcanic tectonic earthquakes, but no inflation, which means that the, the lava is being erupted. So this is just part of the, the continuing eruptive cycle. In Russia, we saw few plumes throughout the week from our favorites, Karimsky and Shivaluk. Uh, so nothing to stellar. In the rest of Asia, we saw plumes from Suwano-Sejima and the Rikyu Islands, Ibu, Indonesia, Sumeru, Indonesia, Sakurajima in Japan, Dukono, and Levotolo. Notably, at Tal, there were two photomagmatic eruptions on early morning local time on November 18th. Yet again, the Americas reigned supreme for the tallest plume uh, this week, where Sabankaya made an 8.2 kilometer plume on November 19th. 
Though an honorable mention goes to Popocatepetl in Mexico, which produced an eight-kilometer plume during a moderate to strong volcanic eruption on November 21st. He was almost there. Almost, but not quite. Yeah. The rest of the Americas, we saw activity from Semispochnoi, Katmai, Nevado de Rui, Fuego, Sangay, Reventador, and Nevado de Cian. At Fernandina in the Galapagos Islands, there's been quite a bit of fumarolic uh, activity detected, uh, and it's thought that this might indicate an impending eruption, but it's a bit unclear at this point. At Santiago in Guatemala, uh, at the Caliente Dome, there has been near constant degassing, suggesting new lava into the active dome. The dome isn't perfectly stable and often creates rock avalanches, which can turn into pyroclastic flows. Okay, so that's it for the news this week. Thanks to our sources, VolcanoDiscovery.com, the Smithsonian Institution's Global Volcanism Project, and uh, the Guatemalan Volcano Observatory website. So, it's time for the focus. So today for the focus we are going to have two very special guests with us. We have Maria Paz Reyes-Hardy that you probably remember if you follow our live event on Twitter Spaces and we have also another guest with us that is Luigi Sara Di Maio and I'm very happy to have you both here with me. So Uh, first of all, thank you for coming and I would, I, I would start asking you some questions and I actually will ask the same question to both of you. You were you both together uh, in La Palma, you study different things and I think it, it's going to be nice to see a uh, different way you're probably going to reply to the same questions. So, first of all, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your researches? Well, um, as I told you a couple of months ago, I'm a Chilean geologist and now uh, I'm doing my PhD at the University of Geneva. I work in the research group of physical volcanology and volcanic risk, supervised by Costanza Bonadonna, and my research is mostly focused on the multi-hazard assessment of the central, southern, and austral volcanic zone of the Andes. This is a sub-project, which is part of a bigger project that aims to assess risk, but my part regards to the hazard assessment. What I have been doing this year is a compilation of information of all the volcanoes of the central, southern, and austral volcanic zones of the Andes. After I finish this compilation, I will apply a new volcanic risk ranking to identify the three riskiest volcanoes of these zones, And then I will use different softwares to model each volcanic process at each particular volcano. This way I will find their hazard footprint and I will obtain hazard maps. Hello, I am Luigia. I'm an architect and a PhD student in volcanic risk analysis at the University of Geneva. The target of my project funded by the Swiss National Science Foundation, is the regional volcanic risk assessment of the Andes central and southern volcanic zone. In particular, I study the physical vulnerability assessment of the regions close to the volcanoes. Vulnerability is the sensitivity of an exposed element, building and infrastructures in my case, to the natural events. So, vulnerability is the probability that an exposed structures will suffer damage as a result of a natural event such as volcanic eruption. Now it's time uh, for the second question for the both of you. So, 
Why did you go to La Palma? What are you looking for there and why it was so important? Okay, we went to La Palma to work in the impact assessment of the Terra rollout in the infrastructures such as houses, streets, etc. This is a project that rises in parallel to our main doctoral projects, but it's, it's also financed by the Fond National Suisse. And uh, we are working in collaboration with INVOLCA, which is the Instituto Volcanológico de Canarias, that aims to improve the volcanic risk management in Spain. And also with Luca Cariqui and Camille Pastor, a master's student of his petrology and volcanology research group. Many scientists are studying and monitoring the phenomenon of volcanic eruption on the islands of La Palma. Among these scientists are those of the group of Involcan, the Volcanological Institute of Canaries. Cumbre Vieja requires a lot of work, and Involcan requested the collaboration of Professor Costanza Bonadonna of the University of Geneva and Professor Marco Pistolesi of the University of Pisa. I therefore made my contribution as a part of the Geneva group. We were divided in teams, and my team analyzed the ongoing damage caused by lava flow and tephra. It is essential to confront and learn to live with phenomena like this. Studying them is the only way to understand these phenomena, to build future scenarios, to start prevention activities, to be ready in case of emergency, to understand the risks and vulnerabilities of a settlement system, and to prepare intervention projects. In general terms, we started the impact cluster produced by the TEFRA fallout. We were looking for the buildings damaged by TEFRA, we measured the thickness of TEFRA deposits, and we took pictures and TEFRA samples. Being there in an ongoing eruption is a unique opportunity to take this kind of data, which is important for risk management in the long term to implement mitigation measures, reduce damage and develop more resilient settlements and communities. How was working nearby an active volcano? Okay, so uh, for me, or a volcanologist in general, I think is the dream job. I have been before in many volcanoes, but never in an ongoing eruption. It was both impressive and a little scary sometimes, but being there made me reaffirm my love for what I do. It was a very hard work, but also a great opportunity to study and learn. It was like being in another world. Everything was covered by ashes. You could walk on the top of the tree or on the roofs of the houses and climb to matter walls with a step. The temperature was high and we had to wear goggles, helmet and masks all the time. The abrasive ash was everywhere, in the hair, in the clothes, in the shoes. But it was a great experience. Anyway, our work is not finished and we will return for a post-event impact assessment. Uh, so. Which was the thing that impressed you the most? And uh, how would you describe this experience in just one word? It was the first time I worked near an active volcano. It is difficult to explain what I felt. The emotions are mixed. 
you can touch everything with your hands, the greatness of the eruption and the difficulties and the fatigue of people. What impressed me the most was listening to it, seeing its particular behavior, like sometimes effusive, sometimes explosive, and uh, the little lightning that I had never seen in life before. I think I cannot describe this experience in only one word, but two, wonderful and terrible. Because from my point of view, as a geologist, volcanologist, it was wonderful, but I'm a human too, and even if I can only imagine how it's living it, just seeing the impacts is really hard. The only thing we can do is to keep trying to understand the natural processes and try to contribute with our, with our work uh, to build more resilience and settlements and communities. So thank you very much for coming and uh, I really enjoyed this interview. I hope uh, that you, I hope that we are going to have the possibility to do other interview in, in future or have you as a guest in our podcast. And so thank you again and thank also to all of you guys for spending some of your time listening to us. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and see you next week. Bye.